Hi, this is That Night and you are listening to the Fulham Focus Podcast. Hello, well, what on earth is going on at the moment? What a time it is to be a Fulham fan as we followed up our 7-0 win at Reading and our 6-2 win against Bristol City with yet another 6-2 win on Tuesday night against Birmingham City. It was another phenomenal result that caps a phenomenal week. And the scary thing is, we didn't even look at our best against Birmingham. I absolutely love this team we have at the moment and I'm joined by two lads who I'm pretty sure will agree with me on that front. J-Mac and Dylan are with me to go back over the game and continue to capture the mood we have at the moment. We're too sexy for this league. My name is Matt Boisclair and this is your Fulham Focus Podcast. Fulham. Well, lads, we've had worse weeks, haven't we? I should probably apologise to anyone listening at this point, as I'm afraid this is just likely to be another show where we just gush about how bloody good we are. It's been a week where we smash records, the last being that we are the first English side in 88 years to score six or more goals in three consecutive games. That was last achieved by Chester City in the 1933-34 season. J-Mac, come on, give me your thoughts on all things Fulham right now. I mean, we're just all at sixes and sevens, literally. I mean, it's amazing. I can't believe the stats that are coming up. They just get, keep getting new ones by the day. I think, I mean, just 19 goals in three games, Europe's top goal scorers, uh, tw- 70 goals in 26 matches. I just, I, I, to be honest, I can't really believe what I'm seeing. I mean, there's a very strong vibe along the fan base at the moment just to go, get a ticket to these matches is just whenever you can. And I, I really think we're witnessing something very special. It's 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 the fear factor of Fulham is definitely back and I've never seen anything quite like this. I'm loving it. And it was it was really funny to see Lee Bowler's haunted reaction meme when he heard of our six two victory against Bristol and it's just it's it's happened again for him. But actually fair play to Bollock. Uh, he was boy he was he was very respectful about us after the after the match. But yeah this is this is something else. I'm I'm quite speechless to be honest. Yeah, it's just it's just unreal. I can't remember a time supporting Fulham like this. Like, obviously, I've not been a fan for relatively that long, but it's just I don't think it'll ever happen again. We've we've been so so good these past few games. In this season, we've just looked rampant throughout. And I mean, I think my favourite stat that sort of came out of yesterday was the uh, in 145 years we've uh, we've scored six or more goals in the league game nine times, and three of those have come in the last week. And obviously, we had the seven nil at Blackburn earlier in the season. One of my mates, he's a Birmingham fan, and I know coming into the game yesterday, he was uh, he was feeling a bit sick, sick to his stomach. But um, he's uh, not feeling much better afterwards. I can, very I can nice, very nice, very nice. Well, <clears throat> you say about get a ticket as and when you can. Well, I was already planning to go to Stoke anyway. I was I was going to drive up there. I was trying to work out, you know, what time I was going to leave and all that sort of stuff. And just sat in the pub with you boys before the game yesterday. And, Wigo was saying that he's probably going to go to Man City and he's not going to be able to do a league game for a little while because of stuff he's got going on. And I just I messaged him this morning and just said, get a Stoke ticket. And he went, oh, I'm so tempted, but I'm probably going to pass. Cheers. And I just wrote, boo. And then ne- next thing I know, he's going, <laughs> fuck's sake, I'll have a look. 
So uh, the short the short of it is, Wigan and I are going on the train to Stoke. <laughs> brilliant. It's brilliant. He's, Amazing. he's Amazing. so weak. He's so weak. But yeah, can't wait. I'm really looking forward to it. It's been a little while since uh, since we did a, a boozy little away day, Peterborough, I think, back at beginning of November. So yeah, I'm looking forward to this one. But we'll come on to Stoke in a little while. Let's um, let's let's talk all things Birmingham right now. So uh, we had the lead inside ten minutes. Unbelievably, we scored six times. Mitro didn't score at all. But his sheer presence behind Mark Roberts forced the Birmingham defender to turn Harry Wilson's cross into his own goal. Were you thinking it was likely to be another big score after such an early goal? Or did you just think it might just be one of those games where we just we get we we just sit back, defend a lead and, you know, maybe one or two nil? What, what were you thinking at that point? I felt like it would be another big score, but obviously you don't go into a game predicting like a five or six nil scoreline. So I didn't want to say anything, but I felt quietly confident that we could sort of replicate Saturday's form. And then the early goal obviously helps with that. I mean, it's been a sort of a recurring theme throughout our big, big wins this season as we've managed to get an early goal sort of in the first 10 minutes. I think we had, was it Cabano scored first against Blackburn, then Wilson against Reading, and then uh, yeah, yeah, Carvalho. Was it Carvalho against Bristol City? I've too many goals. I mean, been flying in all <laughs> over the shop. Um, I'm struggling to remember who scored. No, yeah, Bristol, Bristol City was Mitro. Oh, yeah, yeah. Header. Of course it was. How can I it's only it? the other day. I mean, it was yeah. it was like eleven yeah, goals since, ago. Since, but... yeah, since, yeah, since that yeah, since that goal's gone in, I've seen about twelve others. I've got to try and get the head around. Um, but yeah, no, absolutely unbelievable. I just thought, you know what, we'd give it a good go, and we could uh, we could be in the money here. And it turns out that we were. I thought. I mean, when Mitro obviously he didn't score, uh, but I did think he'd bag a few more goals after that. And obviously, it took us about twenty five minutes to score our next. I have to say, just quickly on Mitrovic, that this is, I think this is one of my favourite games I've seen him play in. And the irony is he hasn't scored any goals because his role in this game was very sort of Teddy Sheringham-y or Harry Kane-ish. He was just connecting all the play, linking everything up, dragging defenders in positions. And we used defenders' uh, keenness to Mark Mitrovic to our advantage because it means we just overloaded the shit out of the final third and just got all our wingers, all our attacking midfielders in the box. And we it was just completely goals galore. And the work that Mitrovic was doing was some of the best work I've actually seen him do in a Fulham shirt. I would say, actually, it's one of, like I said, one of my favourite performances in, in spite of not scoring any goals. He just looks like a complete forward at the moment. And just what Marcus Silva's done with him is extraordinary, in my opinion. Yeah, he's, I mean, we'll come on to it later in the show, but he's performing so well that he, he allowed the smallest player on the pitch to score a header from about 15 yards. I mean, if that doesn't tell you how, how well he's playing, I don't think anything will. Firstly, um, nice use of uh, Sheringham-y and Kanish. I've not, not heard those words before, but I like it. <laughs> and, and yeah, I, I spoke to my dad earlier. Uh, I haven't watched any of the, um, the interviews after the game, but my dad said he watched Lee Bowyer's interview afterwards. And Lee Bowie was very complimentary about um, how good we were and just, you know, in, in all areas of the pitch. But uh, apparently he said that um, they put so much emphasis on to trying to keep Mitrovic quiet. Then our, then our left back goes and scores. You know, he's, he's just mm. so frustrated. You know, we try and keep Mitrovic quiet, but then Anthony Robinson goes and pings one in from outside the box into the bottom corner. So um, I can understand this frustration, but I'm absolutely delighted for us. It was It was fantastic to watch, wasn't it? Um, after that first goal, it took another 25 minutes for us to get the next one. And for me, it was probably the pick of the bunch, the second goal. Dennis Adoy in for Kenny Tete, crossed and Niskan Scabano just absolutely smashed the ball into the roof of the net. It was, it was so pleasing on the eye, wasn't it, that one? 
yeah, really good finish. I mean, he took it first time, and it sort of he didn't even have to like smack the ball. He sort of, the pace that it was crossed in at sort of just meant he just had to stick a stick a leg out and get his get his foot in the right place, and it flew into the top corner. Yeah, one of the one of the more satisfying goals I've seen a score over the past few weeks. I thought um, it was a brilliantly timed run from Meeskins. I mean, he was just absolutely pegging it so fast, and I thought. If I was to criticise anyone in this game, I thought Adore actually was a bit rusty, but up and up to that point, a few mistakes were happening, and then he just makes this amazing cross, like he can just pull out of the hat sometimes, and it was just all was forgiven, you know. I, I've got to say about Adore, I thought that despite it was really nice, the crowd, despite some of his hiccups that he had throughout this match, we just kept on seeing oi 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 Dennis Adore to him. It was a really nice sort of show of support from us fans. I thought, uh, but yeah, so in spite of him. Maybe being a bit rusty this game, I thought I'd love to see him assist and I thought it was really nice to see the support. Were you surprised to see him back in the side, though, given how well Kenny Tete's played in the past couple of games? Or do you just think that Marco Silva sees the right-back position as a, as a position that he's just going to have to rotate every now and then just to keep both players happy? What do you think? Yeah, I think it's one of them where, obviously, Tete was injured. He got injured in the first game of the season and then Adoli stepped in to fill in for those few games. And he performed... He, he didn't perhaps performed to the same level as Tete, but the performances he did put in were were to a good standard and he didn't let the side down. So I think it's just one of those where we can afford to sort of rotate when when the option's available. And uh, obviously Tete, uh, he's, uh, he has been susceptible to uh, injuries in the past. So I think it's just important to keep him fresh and not uh, just try and avoid picking up an injury and sort of not a, in, uh, like a lesser game, just sort of keep him fresh for the when we play bigger bigger teams. And I think it was the right decision to give a Doi game, you know, keep him happy. And uh, yeah, you see, uh, came home to roost that decision. It does feel like Marco Silva is sort of picking a Doi for the sort of bread and butter championship games. Maybe the ones that he sort of a Doi has more experience with, like you say, like a, a Lee Bowyer sort of side. But I, I feel like there's. We know what Tete's injury record can be like. Maybe there's just a bit of protection there. I imagine we will see Tete for the next game. But I, I like the interchange and I'm, I have a lot of respect for the work Adoy's doing in his stead, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think against physical teams, if they, you know, if they go crashing into Tete, he's gonna, he'll come off worse than Adoy in a challenge like that, I'd say. Well, goal number three arrived three minutes after our second. And really annoyingly, I missed it. Just after the second goal, I thought, I'll just nip down for a quick wee. <laughs> and uh, and just heard the uh, the cheer whilst I was in the loo. So so frustrated. I thought I thought I was safe, um, but with this Fulham team, I guess you're never safe, are you? And as as you said earlier, Dylan, a rare Fabio Carvalho headed goal, um, and you know it's probably not going to be your day when the smallest man on the pitch scores a header. Plus credit for Anthony Robinson as well as a cracking ball into the box. Although Carvalho still had still had plenty to do, didn't he? He was he was quite an angle and quite a way out. Yeah, you say you say rare headed goal. I think that's the first header I've seen him win in a Fulham shirt. Um, yeah, but no, it was amazing. It was sort of a great ball, and then I was I wasn't quite sure who'd scored because I didn't think it could be Carvalho, and I thought it was um I thought it was Tom Kearney originally, just because they'd all mm. run over and I couldn't quite see who the screen was trying to focus on, and then it obviously dawned on me that it was Carvalho who scored the header. And I just thought absolutely absolutely amazing. I was like, it was such. It seemed like because the ball, the great ball in, really really powerful so all he had to do was sort of glance it in but he's sort of it's cannoned off his head into the bottom corner it was really really satisfying great ball from Robinson I was exactly what I was about to say yeah I thought Robinson was brilliant this game I think my favorite game I've seen him play as well um he was just 
really on the money in this game with in terms of his overlap, overlapping. And that cross was brilliant. And just, bef- you know, when he makes the cross, I just screamed, good cross! And then it went in and it was just like, okay, so we really do see that he is like getting better and better. I thought this was like him hitting his peak a bit in terms of proving doubters wrong. Even Wigo is now apparently sort of admitting that he's 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 a, he's a good player. Yeah, I, I thought Anthony Robinson was fantastic this game and his athleticism, you know, for coming back, it, like just tracking back into speed that he does everything at was really, really good. He deserves it. Good to hear. Good to hear. Well, it was four before half time. Tom Kearney getting the goal his recent performances deserve. Talk me through the goal. Uh, well, it started with um, sort of Harry Wilson sort of running across the box, and it was uh, sort of gave me a sort of flashback to sort of Fulham of three, four years ago when we just sort of pass for the sake, for no apparent reason. We just keep passing around the edge of the box, but then Wilson took it and ran. He's uh, he's given it to I think Mitro, who uh, slipped it to Kearney, and then well, Kearney slipped, but still managed to find the bottom corner. Uh, yeah, really good to see him score again. It was his first first goal since. Um, uh, the Cardiff game when he made his comeback from injury. But yeah, I think his, his recent performances definitely warrant a goal. I think he's been absolutely outstanding and uh, more than capable, not even deputy for uh, John McHale Serry, but uh, just an absolutely ideal sort of candidate to step into that um, hole when Serry or Reed is missing. Because, you know, you could say Serry could perform Reed's role. And then obviously, yeah, it's just... Um, yeah, really pleased for him. Just buzzing from the whole night, to be fair. I just can't quite string a sentence together. <laughs> I, I thought Kearney was exceptional this game as well. I mean, it's, I'm going to be really boring here and just say everyone played exceptionally. But uh, he, he really reminded me of the slab days in this game, Tom Kearney. And speaking of what Dylan just touched on there, you know, how it was frustrating at first, how you thought we were going to be like the old Fulham of passing back and forth. Well, I mean, I've got a picture right here of the goal. One, two, three. Oh, that's it. And you can see it. Obviously, our listeners can't. But that is six men inside the box. And that's just something that we were begging for. I mean, just I remember the times of Scott Parker. We were always looking back at Slavica, uh Rain sort of videos and saying, oh, my God, look how many men inside the box there. And it just goes to show you. like, keep, keep how, saying, I wouldn't worry saying. about the listeners not being able to see it. We can't see it either. Yeah. Oh, can you not see it either? Well, <laughs> I assure you there are six people in the box. <laughs> yeah, it looks amazing. <laughs> Yeah, keep, that, that's... Saying, keep saying six in the box, mate. Six men in the box. Six men. Sorry, but yeah, I um, yeah. I, I enjoyed it, and I thought it was really <laughs> one thing I took from the goal is how how many of us there were. Joe, I've I've said quite a lot recently about signs of champions and what it takes to uh, make you think what the signs of champions are. And last season, when we were diabolical in the Premier League, used to say, "Well, I just wish the defenders would help out with scoring some of the goals." and all that sort of thing. But we look at the goals in this team, and I know we, we kind of we talked about this on the on the show the other night and talked about, you know, Wilson, Cavano, Carvalho's contribution, but there's goals throughout this team. You know, you know, you, yeah. you if you're gonna bet on somebody, you're probably gonna bet on Mitrovic getting a goal. But everyone scored apart from Harrison Reed, I think, haven't they? That's incredible. That and that is a sign of champions. Yeah, I think I think over the last um since Reading, definitely everyone except uh, Reed has contributed a goal or assist in the team, obviously excluding Rodak. But in that st- sort of strongest eleven or first eleven, everyone has contributed at least once, apart from Harrison Reed. But I, I think that shouldn't um, put a, like a stain on Reed's defensive work. I mean, he's still been as exceptional as ever, uh, sort of tidying up. Because I think there's a 
there's a few there was a few opportunities in the Bristol City game definitely where they could have sort of capitalized a bit more but Reed was there to tidy up I mean some of his uh, defending for I think the second goal in that game is a bit suspect but yeah he's been doing amingly as well and it's important to acknowledge that when he's the only one without any contributions but yeah Tim Ream with his uh, second assist of the season can't complain mm. the whole team I is reckon. just on flames I reckon uh, Harrison Reed will score soon it's bound to happen he get he gets in some good positions doesn't he it's um it, it will happen for sure. The amount of chances so. we uh, we create, and I think it will probably get to the point towards the end of the season as well, where people will be looking to tee him up. If we're already up and already champions, we'll be thinking, right, Harrison Reed needs a goal, a penalty, yeah. or even something like that, you know. So um, I can see it happening anyway. Birmingham did pull one back before half time, which was a slight fly in the ointment. Um, perhaps you could criticise the defending to afford even Sunchic so much space, but it was a cracking hit, wasn't it? And I think Rodak even got his fingertips to it. But yeah, Pert, really, really good goal. Yeah, it's just one of those where, I mean, we were four up at the time. Sort of a speculative hit, I'd say, from the from the outside edge of the box. Quite a narrow angle. And it's, uh, he's found its way in. Yeah, really, really great strike. I have no airs or graces about conceding a goal like that. I think it got a few claps at the back of the Hammersmith end. Mm. Uh, embarrassing if if it may or may not be embarrassing, I don't think it was. It was perfectly fine finish, and you don't mind clapping nose when you're four up already. No, exactly. Yeah. That's the thing, it was, isn't it? You could sort of see it was going to go. I mean, just just after he shot it, a second afterwards, it just had that angle of looking like it was going to go in the top corner, but fire a ping as well. It just had that feeling. I was just sitting really close to it. I thought. Um, I mean, going back to Dennis Adoy, I know that was an example of the rustiness I thought in this game. I thought him and him and Harrison Reed were sort of it was two on one man and I thought Dennis Doyle lost lost his man and that's the guy who scored obviously I've forgotten his name sorry I can't pronounce it yeah, but, yeah. Ivan, Ivan Sunjic Sunjic yeah that's the guy with long hair yeah <laughs> <laughs> not you anymore mate with your new haircut your new do yeah I shaved my head I don't know why I did it now <laughs> yeah for all you <laughs> listeners at home he's the one with the shaved head yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah good time of the year to do it as well freezing cold January yeah it's, Any, it's, not, uh... it's not my finest hour mate but um, I, I think you know, I just just trying to trying a new look. <laughs> well, fair enough, fair enough. Good for you, mate. Let's come on to the second half then. Um, it was almost played at half pace again, wasn't it? That was until Gary Gardner made it four two with sixteen minutes left. Then we woke up again. But a word on that second Birmingham goal, though. I know you could criticise the defending, but you could argue that the attack was far enough out that there wasn't much to worry about. And I thought it was a fantastic finish. He pinged another ping into the bottom corner. Brodak had no chance and just a, a really nice finish. Yeah, it was just another goal that you just got to put your hands up and say credit for scoring from there, really. He took the chance on. Wouldn't I wouldn't say there was any imminent danger. Obviously, what we got 4-1 up at the time. Um, yeah, another another good hit, good goal. But then we just went up the other end and scored because that's what we do now. Yeah, um, I think Bobby yeah. Reed could have got a bit closer to Gardner, if I'm being honest. Bobby Reed sort of tracked back and just run hell for leather straight to you know to the defence, but not really with anyone in mind who to who to actually mark. Hence the danger man that it was Gardner who took the shot for the pass to him. But no, I mean a, a really good goal, and I just we responded in the most perfect way possible. I will say that I thought that in this game at some point we did like lose the midfield battle a little bit, and that might have been another example of it. But um, that's, that was all solved when Onoma and Chalaba came on eventually. But yeah, I, I thought the perfect response and, you know, why not let them have it? <laughs> well, a few minutes prior to the second Birmingham goal, Marco Silva took off Cabano and Kearney. 
bought on Bobby Reed and Nathaniel Chalaber. Then a little later, bought on Josh Oliver for Harrison Reed as well. And the thing is, when you're annihilating teams every week, is that you can rest players. You can start to take players off towards the end of games, which means they'll have a bit more in the tank ready for the next game. It's just such a good position to be in, isn't it? All round, it's, it's so healthy. Yeah, when you're winning game, when you're winning games in the fashion that we are, it's just it's so good because it, you know we, we sealed three points by half time, um, and then it's just the second half is just game management really sort of giving players a run around who haven't who maybe don't get the minutes that they uh, want or deserve or um and just giving players a rest obviously it's great for and it's just yeah everyone everyone wants to be a part of the team but obviously we can only start 11 players at the moment i think it's fairly obvious who the 11 starting each game should be i think the only sort of uh, sort of uh, qualm with that would be when Seri comes back from the african cup of nations and you've got the Seri Kearney debate but that's uh, that's for a couple mm. of weeks time yet um yeah, it's just it's a really, really positive atmosphere at the moment. I'd say it's definitely helping. I just want to add as well, I think it's amazing how like brothers of destruction like Undertaker and Kane, Chalabur and Onoma look together in a in a central midfield partnership. They just look an absolute beast of a formation. <laughs> it's like they look absolutely brilliant together, I think. Really you wouldn't mess with them. But anyway, that's all I had to say on that. It was good to see them together. Undertaker and Kane, another great reference. Um, as we, as we did on Saturday against Bristol City, as you just said, upon conceding, we scored another goal. Am I right in thinking this is the first Fabio Carvalho goal in front of the Hammersmith end? I had a think, and I think, yeah, at professional level, I think it is. He's definitely scored a couple at the Putney end. I haven't seen him score at Hammersmith end. He definitely yeah. he scored against I Hull. Think it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he scored against Hull, and I think that was it up until the other day at home. He scored against Charlton in that pre-season friendly. That was down the oh, other yeah. end as well. That was Putney end, yeah. It's a beautiful goal. Yeah. I mean, just uh, the way he just gl- uh, glided through those players and just changed direction, got them on the other side. I thought it was brilliant. Uh, it's amazing what, what you can do when you find out Liverpool won a bid five million for you. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. I, I make the joke constantly that you know he's a terrible per- person, but not signing a new contract of us. But you know, <laughs> I mean, you know, if it's Liverpool, Real Madrid, what can you do? But I mean, it was quite fun. All the Hemi and singing, sign the fucking contract, which yeah. I really enjoyed. Albeit briefly, but yeah, I was definitely involved yeah. in that. Yeah, 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 I was as well. Um, it, and it, it, another great goal, wasn't it? It kind of went through the defence like a knife through butter and, and yeah. just stuck it in the bottom corner again. A very similar sort of goal to uh, to the one on Saturday, actually, but just very timely this time as well. Yeah, really. I think the perfect timing because, you know, we weren't we weren't going to lose or drop points from 4-2, but you never know. If they got one back, then it's 4-3, and all of a sudden they've yeah. got 11 men in our box. So, yeah. yeah, scoring them was just perfect, and it just completely put my mind at ease. And, yeah, yeah what a player. Please, please sign a contract. Yeah, for goodness sake. Um, with almost the last kick of the game, we saw another very deserved goal from somebody who is sometimes a target of what is, in my opinion, undeserved stick and criticism. Anthony Robinson pinging the ball into the bottom corner for our 19th goal in a week. Can somebody say some nice things about Anthony, please? Uh, yeah, I just I do think he's really sort of developed this season. I mean, he was probably uh, not deserving of some criticism at the start, but made himself open to criticism just with some of his sort of um, final product. Uh, but yeah, he's really, really blossomed. He's blossomed into a fine player. And I think he he's definitely now our first choice left back. I think at the start of the season, I would have, would have probably leaned towards Joe Bryan, whether that's just nostalgic or, but yeah, now for me, I can't see past Robinson starting. I think he's just, he's so good and his pace is so useful on 
sort of a counter-attack. He's, he's got that outlet, which many most fullbacks in the Championship don't have available. Obviously, some of them are quick, but he's he's seriously, seriously rapid. Yeah, I thought very yeah. much an inspired performance by him. I thought really a really blossoming performance. And, you know, I, I've said all I need to say about Robertson. I think he's... I think he's a fantastic prospect and we really saw the potential there that night. And I think, you know, the goal was great. The celebration even better. And I just want to give a shout out to Onoma's pass, actually. I think Onoma actually passed the ball to Robinson without even looking at him. It was quite a nice sort of little dummy pass. It was brilliant. But yeah, I mean, just a perfect way to seal the night with, with the goals. Need a song for Anthony Robinson, really, don't we? We do. Yeah. Just sing the Star Wars theme tune. Oh god, that would be that would be shit. Can you imagine that? Yeah, it's it's gotta be Mrs. Robinson, hasn't it? The one we used to sing for Ryan Sessignon. Yeah, it's to you, Tony Robinson, yeah. It's, it's, it's it would have to be Tony Robinson. <laughs> He's yeah. not really a Tony, is he? But who cares? It's like um when Manchester United fans um sing the song about um uh Anthony Martial and call him Tony Marshall. Yes, <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> brilliant. All right, let's come on to your man of the match then, lads. And secondly, I'd like to ask you who's been the player that stood out for you most in the past seven days. So over those those three games, those three big wins. So let's have your man of the match first, and then your player of the week, if you like. I'll go for Fabio Carvalho, man of the match yesterday. Just think, two goals, superb performance, looking like he's on top of his game. Uh, whether that's influence because you know Real Madrid are watching, I don't want to think about that. But um, no, really impressive performance. He's younger than me, so I can only admire what he's doing. But yeah, just another super cool performance. I think he just he um, he's he. I've said it before. He's he's got something in the team that nobody else has, and he can sort of he can make something happen out of nothing, or he can you know score a goal from a sort of a chance where the percentage of scoring is just low. And yeah, I really love watching him play and I hope he sticks around for a bit longer, but obviously it's not up to me to decide. But yeah, he'd be my man of the match for yesterday. I have to think about my man of the week. So I don't know if you've got a man of the match, J-Mac. Or... I, I would just, I think for all the reasons I said just before, probably Anthony Robinson, just, you know, Jedi Apprentice, a sort of Jedi Knight sort of performance. Maybe Jedi Master by the end of the season, hopefully, or when we're in the Premier League, fingers crossed. But yeah, for me, Anthony Robinson. And if I was to give a mention to a player who I thought was very good as well, I mean, Tim Ream, brilliant, but I thought Tosin was really good. He made some really good long balls and, uh, you know, travelled quite deep into their half in this game. Like, wasn't afraid to, to really get stuck in. So I just want to get a special ma- mention to him. But yeah, that's that's all I have to say. You know, coming coming back on to Fabio Carvalho, and you, you're always trying to look for little signs, aren't you, I suppose, where, you know... You, Dylan, you keep saying that oh, he's playing well because Real Madrid are watching or Liverpool are watching or whatever. It's almost tongue in cheek, isn't it? But I like the fact that the, the fact that he, his first goal in front of the Hammersmith end, he blew kisses to the Hammersmith end. I thought, you know, that that's a, that's a sign he's staying, isn't it? Surely he it's loves us. Sign. He's staying. Yeah. <laughs> I've never had anyone blow me a kiss before he leaves to go somewhere else. But uh... no, no, <laughs> no. Um, so uh, yeah, my man of the match would be Anthony Robinson as well. I, I thought he was he had a really really good game. Um, and I think it's about time that he got some recognition um, rather than negative press. So good, good for him. And man of the week is Mitrovic for me. Of course it is. He scored five goals and all right, he didn't score at all um, against Birmingham. But the fact that Lee Bowyer felt the need to focus so much attention on him just shows you the the impact and the, the threat that he poses. And it gave other people uh, the opportunity to, to, to score a hat full of goals. So Mitro for me, 
I've got to say as well, just Niskins, Cabano and Wilson and Mitrovic. I mean, this this front three, so Cabano's on eight goals of five assists, Harry Wilson, eight goals, ten assists, Alexander Mitrovic, 27 goals, seven assists. I'm just like, I'm getting a bit... What Marco Silva's doing is just extraordinary at the moment, and I'm just touching wood so it's not jinxed, but I, I, I really, I've really got to say that just... What he's doing to some of these players is remarkable. I mean, there have been so many redemption stories. Cabano looks like the Saudi Mane of the championship. I mean, you've got John Michael Serri, who's completely just had a complete redemption song about everything that's going on. He's been brilliant. Um, all these players, I mean, Harry Wilson is probably in the best player, best form of his career, I'd say. Um, you know, just all these players have got so much better. Um, and it's all thanks to the management as well as, you know, individual talent. I'm just. Number 10 for Marco Silva, if we were doing a silver ring, I think. It was just what a piece of history we're going through. Mm. Yeah, of course, it's... Of it's sorry, mate. I was, I was just, just going to say, it's um, the only player, really, that's that's new to this squad this season is Harry Wilson, right? Um, mm. Otherwise, it's the same players that the uh, the previous manager had. And I always used to defend Scott Parker um, and, and say that, you know, he was effective, all right? It wasn't entertaining, but we still got promoted under him. But with the same players, this is what they're capable of when you utilise your flair players and you utilise the pace and the um, the quality that they have. And it, it's just, I, I know which team I'd rather be watching, that's for sure. Sorry, Dylan, go on, mate, man of the week. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think my man of the week would have to be Mitrovic as well. I think there's two, they've all they've all done equally well, but I just think the amount of goals and assists that Mitrovic has put on, and especially yesterday, he was just... You know, he just distracted the entire back four, so there was room for everyone else to score and pile on the fun. So, so yeah, I'd have to give it's it to so him. Good. I just love watching him, and I tried yeah. to get my shirts on at the end of the day, but he's a uh, he slipped oh, away again. It'll happen. Yeah, for a man of six foot seven, that's, that's what he is. I feel like that's that's how tall he is in my head. But, yeah, <laughs> it's difficult for someone that size to slip away. But I'm going to Spain now, so it's gonna be difficult. But I'm sure I'll find a way to get his signature. Maybe we get can try done. and get yeah, we can try and find a way of getting it done for you. you can maybe yeah, get it done on a bit of paper, then you can sort of copy it. Like I don't know. If 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 Carvalho turns up at Madrid Airport, maybe I'll ask him. <laughs> yeah. <Not a> number. <laughs> Just do it yourself, mate. Get get yourself a sharpie and write Mitrovic on the back. <laughs> yeah, got I'm it done. Uh, J Mac, have we had your man of the week yet? Um, I'm I'm gonna. A joy, a very boring, but I'm going to join with you in Alexander Mitrovic just because one of my favourite games he played yesterday and just, he just walks, you know, we were talking about this in the last pod, just the love that we all have for him. He just walks around, he just looks like a superstar. There's some, there's something very just, you know, I don't know, he just has a very sort of Ibrahimovic type of swagger and it's just amazing to see him play for our club and just, I, I can see him doing great things and just, yeah, very lucky to have him, very happy. All right, mate. So on to Stoke at the weekend then. It's an old football cliche, but it's never an easy place to go. They're an impossible side to predict at the moment. They won 2-0 away at Hull last weekend, but lost at home to Preston at the start of the year. They also lost at home to Derby over Christmas and actually haven't won at home in a couple of months. They were right in the promotion mix near the top at the start of the season and currently sit four points outside the top six, albeit with a game in hand. Make no mistake, this will be a tough game. Lads, how do you see it going? I don't want to predict anything other than a win, and I'm not going to. Um, uh, yeah, I am confident. I don't think it will be a, another six-goal thriller, but I think I think we'll get the three points. We're we're on top form, and yeah, the atmosphere around the club is just so positive. I can't see us coming away with anything but three points. You know, we've beaten them already three 0 this season. 
Yeah. And I think they've made a few changes to their team throughout the season. I know, um, you know, Ian Wright's grandson is now playing on the wing for them. Yeah, next to Kevin Campbell's son. Didn't know he had a grandson. Son. It's like a it's like a nineties a nineties uh, a nineties children's team really. You've got Paul Ince's son in there, Kevin Campbell's son, and then obviously <laughs> uh, Ian Wright's grandson. Ian Wright's grandson. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah Sean, I'm, I'm predicting another win. Sean I think Wright Phillips. Sean yeah, Wright Phillips' I, son, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think I think it'll be. I'll go three nil again. I'll go three nil again. All right. Okay. Nice. J Mac, how do you see the game going? Um, I actually forgot. That we beat them 3 0 until Dylan said it. So that, that made me feel a bit better. Um, in terms of players to look out for, I think their player, Jacob Brown, seems like a really, really promising young forward. But I mean, you know, he's got uh, six goals and four assists so far this season, which sounds like nothing compared to the numbers we're providing. But I'll, I'll say that, yeah, I'll say that I think this is a really going to be quite a tricky game. And, you know, the formation that they use is something that we've always struggled with, even though Birmingham used it. And we did very well. But I would like, I'd really like to see us win ugly in this game. I know that sounds, I mean, obviously, I'd still love to win 10 0 and something like that. But we've been really spoiled with these performances as of late. And even though we've, we have conceded goals though at the same time, and I, I would like us to put to bed any idea that opposition have of us that they can score a goal against us. We're not, you know, we're not under, you know, you know what I'm trying to say? So, so. I, what I'm trying, I'd like a sort of Peterborough, a Peterborough sort of result. I'd like to sort of write, get a really ugly win and just show that that we we, we are champions as well. Win ugly in this game because I think it will be hard. I'd like to do a bit of a smash and grab on this one, but you know, I'll, I'll take I'll I'll take seven nil if it happens as well. Yeah, they've um, they've only lost four at home all season. They lost to Bournemouth and Blackburn, and then um, they lost their last two as well to Derby and Preston. So uh, the the natives might get a bit restless quite soon if um, if we start to dominate. Um, they have won six games, um, but you know they they won their first three at home. So I always used to think Stoke was a difficult place to go, and I've only ever been there twice. The first time I went was in in the nineties under Kevin Keegan, and we we got a one nil win when Kit Simon scored. And then I went to that game when we got relegated under Felix McGat. Um, Darren Bent was a, an absolute donkey that day, and then uh, having been relegated, I was I was talking to you boys in the pub about this last night as well. Having been relegated, Felix McGat left the pitch because the um, the tunnel's right in the corner by the away end. He left the pitch, and instead of like apologising to the fans or anything, he just did a double-handed wave with a big grin. Absolute! I absolutely fucking hate Felix McGat. Sorry, I've gone off. <laughs> it just it just reminded me of how angry I still am. I'm still not over that. Um, so yeah, four four defeats at home all season. Hopefully, it'll be number five at the weekend. But they they have just signed Phil Jagielka Stoke. Um, he was at Derby before and left Derby last week after the EFL refused to to let Derby re-sign him because they're under this transfer embargo because of all the all the nonsense they're going through at the moment. But Jagielka was part of the Derby defence that frustratingly kept us out in November when we drew nil nil at the Cottage albeit on a day when we had a squad full of illness, which included uh, the absence of Alexander Mitrovic, of course. Jackie Elka was straight into the start 11 against Hull last weekend, and of course they won that game. We owe him one here, don't we, surely, after that bloody derby game earlier in the season? Yeah, the law of averages dictates that we are due a heavy win here, and Phil Jackie Elka is going to have, uh, have his tears for breakfast, if that's a phrase. 
It is now. <laughs> I think I've got mixed up there. But uh, yeah, no, we're going to win. I'm confident. I can't be anything but confident. Yeah. yeah, it's time. It's time, Phil. Your time is over. We are going <laughs> to run supreme. I mean, he, he is an ageing centre-back, isn't he? But he's just one of those players who earlier in the season did a bit of a job on us, albeit, you know, we're yeah, we have players. Yeah, half our squad are real. Um, yeah. Mitrovic now, and he's definitely he's in his... Well, he's not even in his prime. That's a scary thing. But he's um, he's definitely getting better every game. And yeah. so, yeah, I can... I'm just forecasting a big Fulham win. Yeah. What about you, J-Mac? You, are you worried about like... the... Uh, the the return of Jagielka is he going to haunt us again as he did earlier in the season? I don't think so. I don't think so. I, I feel like the uh, atmosphere probably that Wayne Rooney sort of the mentality he provides for the dressing room is probably a lot more once more to the breach, dear friends, than what Michael O'Neill is doing at Stoke. So I I would like to think that we will get revenge on Jagielka for his quite frankly brilliant performance against us but yeah I I, I, th- I can see us I can see this being a game Mitrovic gets back on the score sheet hopefully and yeah hopefully I think we could I think we can get them a, a 1-0 win in this I really hope so I just, I just want to see Mitrovic scoring and coming over to the away end and doing his his arms out oh, yes. the side thing yeah. and then patting the badge and all that sort of stuff yeah, I love yeah. it I love it when he does that and uh, I, I just I just want to see it every game at the moment I, I can't wait I can't wait um, how do you how do you see us lining up? Do you think there'll be any changes to the side? Tete back in, perhaps. Yeah, maybe yeah. Tete back in. Yeah, I'd say probably. Um, other than that, I mean, do you you can't change a squad that's scored nineteen goals in three? I, I mean, unless I, I don't know, unless maybe Kenny's feeling a bit leggy after that match. But I, no, I, I would I would keep it. I'm, what do you think, Dan? Yeah, I would. Uh, I don't think you need to fix it if it's broken, but. I'd... I don't know. I think Tete will come in for a doy. And I don't know. I'd be interested to see Dekadover Reed get a run out on the wing in this team just to see what happens. So I, I don't know. Maybe he'll come in for Cabano. I can't see him dropping Wilson. Can't really see him dropping Cabano, if I'm honest. But I'd just be interested. No, I was going to gonna say, can't see him dropping Cabano yeah. at the moment. Yeah, I don't know. I think, yeah, I think it'll be Tete for a doy and that'd be it. Why fix, why fix something that's not broken? Yeah, no, fair enough. All right, we're all we're all in agreement then. It's uh, it's going to be another big Fulham win. Dylan, you've already given your score prediction. J Mac, what are you thinking? Um, I want a one nil win, but something says that we we still concede, you know. And I, I mean, I'd, as much as I'd like to stamp out for this game, it is like you say, quite a, it can be treacherous place to go. So I'm going to say two one to the Fulham. Well, uh, my friend Claire, she um, she put a bet on uh, when I think we were 3-0 up against Blackburn away and she just sent me the screenshot of 7-0 and I think she got 135-1 to 1 or something like that and only put a quid on. And um, I messaged her last night and just uh, during the game and said, what do you reckon for the Stoke game then? And then she just sent me a screenshot back. She's got two quid on at 7-0 and I think it's, I don't know, 1,000 <laughs> or 1,000 to 1. Or, I don't know, maybe, maybe it was 500 to 1 or something, but she's put a couple of quid on. So uh, she's confident. I'm not as confident as her that it's going to be seven, but I think it'll be three or four. Um, mm. And I don't like making predictions after my complete balls up that I made with the Black uh, or the Blackpool one. Um, and I always, I always reference that. But I just think the way we're playing at the moment, you can't go beating teams six two twice in a row and seven nil the game before that, and then go and win or go and uh, not go and win or just win like one nil. I, I, I think it's going to be comfortable again. The fifth factor is definitely back, isn't it? And it's really nice to actually hear on media stations such as TalkSport. I mean, even before the Birmingham game, there was a Birmingham fan on and 
the presenters were sort of winding him up and said, well, I think they're going to score five past you. So, I mean, everyone knows that we are kind of <laughs> shit hot at the moment, which is really nice to know. Yeah. And I, I just said to you, something we haven't mentioned is that we're five points clear at the top. And, well, yeah. because of our goal difference, that means we're six points clear, really. But I, I think that's just something we, we finally took advantage. We finally took advantage of, you know, uh, others dropping points. So this is, yeah, I, I think I can, this is going to be a, a steamroller now. I can really see us just going, absolutely going for it. That may be out of date by the time the podcast comes out because Blackburn are playing away at Hull tonight. Um, so if Blackburn uh, win that, then our lead at the top isn't going to be five points, but it will still be five points over third place. So yeah. we just have to see okay. how Blackburn get on at Hull. So just, just to make that clear, we're recording this prior to knowing the result of, of that match, which kicks off in about half an hour's time. All right. Nice one, lads. Um, that's it for this time. J-Mac, good to speak to you as always, mate. You too, sir. You too. Lovely stuff. And yeah, Dylan, you're disappearing for a few months now, aren't you, mate? Well, yeah, well, I'll still be on the podcast. I'm going to oh, Zaragoza. Oh, yeah, very nice too. What are you doing out there? Uh, second semester of my second year at university, whatever that may entail. Hopefully, Your time is dreadful, mate. I've got to say. Party. Dis- disappearing in the middle of one of our best seasons ever. What are you doing? Yeah, it was a tough call. I mean, when I saw my flights were going to clash with Blackpool at home, I was like, yeah, no, I'm going. But hopefully come back for a Bournemouth away special or a Luton at home title parade. We'll bring, lots of, bring lots of sangria, mate. Lots of sangria. I will. I will. I will. And Perfect. Fabio bring... Carvalho back from Madrid in a bag. <laughs> don't forget you. <laughs> don't forget you. Don't forget your Mitrovic shirt that you want to get signed as well. Hopefully, he'll uh, he'll do it for you by the end of the season. One day. That would be the dream. (laughs) All right. Lovely stuff. Thanks for listening, folks. A reminder that you can subscribe to the Full and Focus podcast if you don't already do so on iTunes, Spotify, and wherever else you care to get your podcast from. Please do also follow us on social media. On Twitter, we are at Fulham underscore focus. And on Instagram, you'll find us at Fulham Focus. We'll be back on Monday morning with all the fallout from the Stoke game. Safe travels to everyone joining us up there and speak to you soon. Cheers. Fulham.